You're listening to the Ambitious Mama Podcast, and I'm your host, Krista Rialba. Just a quick note before we get started, I have to make sure that I let each and every one of you guys know that I would not be where I'm at today. This podcast definitely wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for my partnership with USANA Health Sciences. Now, I'll share a little bit throughout the episodes, but the thing is, is that when you feel good in your body and you have your health and you feel just good, like you wake up awake and you're not battling sickness, disease, you know, any sort of struggle in your health, you can do a heck of a lot more, right? And I know that each and every one of you doesn't want anything more for your children and for your family than to be happy and healthy. And the foundation of that really is with cellular nutrition, okay? So you sauna health sciences, check it out. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes, Krista realba.usana.com forward slash share and at least get on the health pack for yourself and get your kiddos on the usanimals. All right, let's do this. Hey mamas, so happy you're here. Maybe you're cozy having some self-care time or more than likely you might be on the road driving to work, but wherever you are, thank you so much for being here and for tuning in. Now, as promised for season three, I'm bringing you lots of incredible conversation with experts who can help you to know and to feel that I've got this in every area of your life. Now, up next is Sarah Rosensweet. And as I said in the description, this is not a parenting podcast, but I thought that it'd be really cool to bring on a parenting expert. And in my opinion, there's no one better than Sarah Rosensweet, who even just in our conversation, she helped me so much. And now that I'm diving in deeper to her resources, it's really, really, it's like a breath of fresh air, of breath of confidence in your parenting. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Uh, so Sarah Rosensweet, she now has teenagers, and get this, you guys. She has a great relationship with her teenagers. So if you currently have little ones, this is an amazing podcast for you to tune into if you want to have that great relationship with your teenagers one day. And if you do have teenagers, it's also not too late. But I first want to ask you guys a question. This statement here that she shares in the beginning of the episode, it's we're expected to parent like we don't have outside work. And we're expected to work like we don't have kids. Now, I'm not sure if that's society's expectations. I think so. But I think also we might put those expectations on ourselves. Now, what you will learn in this episode is also a, a big heaping dose of compassion towards yourself, which we all need because I know that each and every one of you are already doing a great job. So give yourself a big old hug and let's dive in to this episode. All right. So excited to be here with Sarah Rosensweet of Peaceful Parenting. Uh, cannot wait to get this conversation going. Um, Sarah and I are just actually getting to know each other and I think it's kind of perfect that we are having this conversation live recorded for the podcast. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to have you on and to learn about your story 
and to share definitely your wisdom with everyone who's listening because goodness knows we need it. <laughs> we all need it's it. It's the hardest work, isn't it? It really, really is. And when I was like laying in bed this morning and thinking about our call, I realized that um, on the, like, the description of this podcast, it says in like very bold statement, like this is not a parenting podcast. And um, the reason that I said that is because like I am 100% not a parenting expert and it's, I feel like it's such a journey um, of, you know, trying to be the best mom that you can be. But I also, when I was laying there, I was like, it's really important to empower all of these ambitious women who are listening with the parenting skills and um, mentality and probably love that you're going to bring into it. Because I know personally when I feel like I've failed as a mom or feel like, you know, just had a really rough morning, which definitely happens where I can't bring my best self to my work when I'm feeling less than as a mom. Totally. Somebody the other day said to me, um, we're expected to parent like we don't have outside work and we're expected to work like we don't have kids. Yes. And so I think that sometimes we just feel like we're failing at both things. <laughs> yeah. And, and some days, a horrible feeling. <laughs> it's like, okay, I quit. Oh geez. Okay. So what is peaceful parenting? That's what you're um, known for. What would you say yeah. that, that is? So peaceful parenting, it's, um, it's an approach that, first of all, it's, it's, it's a difficult approach. Or yeah, not say difficult. It, it requires a lot of, like, patience and creativity. So I always warn people right up front. I'm like, this is not, you know, wave a magic wand and all of a sudden your kids are going to cooperate and, and all of that. You do have to put in a little bit of effort. But I always say you can put in the effort when they're little or you can put in the effort when they're teenagers. And as a mom mm. of three, three teenagers, I can tell you, that I never thought that I would say I love having teenagers because <laughs> I was not a great teenager. And I, you know, you always, everyone always kind of dreads the teen years, but I yeah. swear because of peaceful parenting, I am just enjoying my teenagers so much. Um, and I think it's because they care what we think. We have a really great relationship. So I think, you know, all the work that we put in when they were little um, is just paying off now. So I just want to, like, say that to all your listeners. Like, it, it, you know, all this hard work that you're putting in when your kids are little, it's going to pay off when they're older and they're easier than, you know, your neighbor's teenagers or your sister's teenagers or whatever. Um, so peaceful parenting, while it's, you know, it's, it is, does take some effort on our parts, it really does, um, does work. So what it is is... It's a real focus on the relationship. That's sort of the, the priority is your relationship with your child. It's um, connection-based with lots of empathy. It's non-punitive, so that means that we don't, use, um, we don't use timeouts or consequences. And we do, though, focus on limit setting. So instead of, you know, I'm going to do this to my child to make them stop hitting their brother, um, we look at sort of, you know, how do we – scaffold the child so that they meet our expectation, which is to stop hitting the brother. And we also look at what's the underlying um, cause, like what's going on with this kid? You know, why is he hitting his brother? Like what's, you know, mm -hmm. what's driving behavior? So we look at behaviors in the moment, but also we look at them with like a more global perspective. Like how can I support this child to stop doing this behavior that's really um, not, not acceptable? Um, so, mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we focus a lot also on parental self-regulation. 
So what I mean by that is um, it's not that we don't get upset with our children, but we learn how to calm ourselves so that we can respond to their difficult behavior rather than react. So, mm-hmm. you know, trying not to yell at them, trying not to, you know, you know, that's it, you're not going to the birthday party or whatever it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually um, called the school yesterday um, and I asked to speak to my son, and I'm sure that that's something that they don't encourage on the regular. Um, and, and he came to the phone and I just said, Curtis, I said, I'm sorry for um, losing my patience this morning. Um, even though it was in response to you, you know, looking to get that reaction from me, it still was my responsibility to be present with you. And I'm sorry 100%. that I lost it. Yeah. And he's yeah, like, so, okay, mom. <laughs> that's so sweet that you did that. It probably made you both feel better. Probably. Yeah. It is. I think it's, um, I, I think apologizing is huge because we're, I think we're all on this journey of you know, we have these kids and we're expected to be experts. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, I always tell parents, you don't have to be perfect. Everybody messes yeah. up. Like the big thing is that we make a repair just like you did when, yes. you know, when you lost your patience with your kid, you, you know, we're human. We're always going to mess up. Nobody's perfect. But then when we recognize like, oh yeah, I really wish I'd responded differently. You know, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Um, yeah. I'm, I'll try Next time, I'll try not to respond like that. Yes, And then you do the work on yourself that you need to do. Do the work. I love this. I love that, you know, I I know a lot of people listening, they do have little ones. Definitely some have teenagers. But what great incentive to have teenagers that you have a great relationship with. Yeah, yeah, that's really so incredible. Because, you know, the ways that I acted out as a teenager um, was – that definitely towards like um, as a response to not having a great communication with my dad. Um, Mm. And I can, I can see that it is relationship based. That's very powerful. Yeah. I mean, really, and I said this before, and I'll say it again, when your teenagers care what you think, that's Mm -hmm. 90%, right? Like when you, when they, when you matter to them and your relationship matters to them, that's going to affect their choices and affect their actions. No one wants to hear I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. No one wants to hear those words. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the worst. Okay. So I, I have a few people who emailed me and messaged me. Um, I have a lot of parents who have sons who are around the same age as my oldest, um, who is nine. And uh, they're playing this game called Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this? Fortnite? Uh, yeah. I, I know what it is, but um, <laughs> okay. yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's a definitely a global phenomenon, um, a lot of cool aspects to it, but probably video games in general, screen time in general can lead to some less than peaceful behavior with the children. What mm-hmm. is your, anything that you can add to the conversation of screen time of video games of setting limits or boundaries or I don't even know because sometimes the little monsters come off of those screens. Yeah. So some kids really, um, their brains don't do well with, with screens. Like some kids can handle screens more easily than other kids. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're, if your listeners are interested, there's a book called, um, uh, reset your child's brain 
and it talks she talks about it's by Victoria Dunkley. She talks about doing a screen fast. Like if you have a child who has a lot of behavior issues and they also do screens, you might want to look into whether like a four week screen fast is worth checking out to see if that makes a difference in your child's behavior. Um, and I know that's I know you also want to get not quite as extreme as that, but I, I just want to start there that mm-hmm. sometimes it's just so stimulating and kids their brains get kind of fried. Um, mm. And that's you know that's uh, that's more unusual, but that is someplace if you're seeing a lot of behavior issues and the kids just do, doing a lot of screen, it's something to think about. Um, you know. We had, I could talk about my personal, our personal, you know, uh, journey with screens, which was that we generally didn't do any screens Monday through Thursday just because we wanted them to have, you know, time to relax and and play and have white space. Um, I know some people who have, you know, they just have half an hour a day or an hour a day or whatever. I think generally we can all agree that the less screen, the better. Um, But then you do get into the issues with, you know, my friends are playing this game and you don't want mm-hmm. them to, you know, feel like they're totally out of it. But I guess you have to balance um, your own personal beliefs with whatever limits that you set. Because the beautiful thing is that you get to set the limits because you're the parent. So you get mm-hmm. to decide what's right for your family. And if you decide, you know, no screens or very limited screens, it's okay if your kid's unhappy about that. Like we get to, you know, we, we don't have to base our decisions on whether our child is happy with them or not. There are limits that we're going to set that we, ha- that in fact, we have to set that our kids will be unhappy about. Um, when my kids were little, I used to say, you know, it would be so much easier for me to say yes to this, but I love you enough to say no. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't pretend that there's one answer for screens for that's right for everybody, but I think that, you know, you think about the addictive nature, you can balance like, well, how much outside time are they getting? How much other interests do they have? Um, is this game taking over my child's life? Is there nothing else that they want to do? Um, and if that's the case, I would, I would consider really limiting it. If you don't feel mm-hmm. like your child has a good balance with Fortnite or whatever the video games are and other things and other interests and friends and playing outside and white space. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I think it's um, just vilifying it completely is not going to work in the the time that we live in. (laughs) No. Uh, You know, but I think I I love everything that you added to that conversation. I'm sure everyone will appreciate that too. And I also just love that language. Sorry that you just said about like, it'd be easier to say yes, but I love you enough to say no. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we're going to get really, like, deep here, but um, when we're talking about kids' resilience, um, you know, they need to have that times. It's good for them to have times when they're unhappy and they we say no about things and they come up against those limits. And, you know, I think sometimes uh, as parents we're afraid that, you know, if our kids are unhappy it means we're not good parents or they can't handle it or we can't handle it. But we have to remember that um, that tolerating suffering and suffering, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not using that word in jest because if you're eight and you want to play Fortnite and your mom says no, that is going to be real suffering for an eight-year-old, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but that learning to tolerate suffering and that you're going to be okay again, that you can handle it, that you can make it through to the other side um, after this setback, that's re- that's resilience, right? And so, if mm-hmm. we're always giving in. 
um, to our kids, then we're not giving them a chance to develop resilience. And you know, and if we're also, you know, so there's there's sort of two sides of the same coin. There's the the giving in to the um, what the child wants, and and okay, I, you know, you can't handle it, I can't handle it, so I'll let you do this. But then there's also telling them, you know, maybe you don't give in, but you tell them to stop being upset about it, like the suck it up buttercup. That's mm-hmm. also going to hamper the resilience because what we really want to do is say, oh, I know you wish that you could play Fortnite all night, and I know your friends get to play <laughs> for longer than you get to play. I yep. understand, sweetheart. You know, I understand yep. how hard this is. So you're not telling them to stop feeling that way, and you're not getting yep. into Fortnite, but you're saying this is really difficult, and, you know, I know that you can handle this. That's beautiful. That's exactly the conversation that's happening. Yeah. It's like, no fair. This person gets to play until 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, I don't know what's happening in that house, but you have to go to bed. Yeah, and, you know, I, oh, you know, wouldn't it be fun if you if we had those rules? Yeah. And so you can, yeah. you know, you can just totally be on their side and empathize. And, oh, I know, this is so hard. I bet when you're a grown-up, you know, you're just going to play Fortnite all day and all night. <laughs> oh, gosh, I hope not. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, by the, time, right. by the time they get old enough, they won't want to anymore. But, um, yeah, but I, you know, I will great. say that we never, uh, you know, my, my two oldest uh, kids are boys, and they're now 18 and 15. And we never got, like, the PS3 or, you know, any of those PlayStation, like, any gaming systems. Um, we did have a Wii, but Wii is pretty, you know, Wii is pretty yeah. fun family stuff. And yeah. um, they always want, they were always so mad that we weren't getting a gaming system. But now um, my 18-year-old is a musician, like, super passionate about music. My 15-year-old plays elite baseball. It's super passionate about going to the gym and training and playing baseball. And I really think that it was partly because we didn't have a video game system and they were forced to develop other interests. Absolutely. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, I, our family is actually like quite into gaming because my husband is very much into gaming. Um, but the, the, the blessing with that piece is that um, I, I would – never be able to monitor or know what to monitor what's happening in the gaming world because I'm not a gamer. Like I can't even, you know, play Nintendo. Right. So, (laughs) uh, but it's like, that's the the scary piece too. And that's like a lot of my friends who are like, well, should I get this system? And I always say, unless one of you really understands the whole gaming world, I don't think it's a good idea. Because, like, there's a lot of dangers, which we won't necessarily get into. I'm sure there's enough people talking about that. But there's, like, so much that can go on in these yeah. new systems. Um, and it's, like... Well, so- and I love that your husband plays with them, too. Because then it turns yes. into, like, a family, like, a bonding thing, right? A connection oh, thing where they've got something they yeah. do together, which is amazing. Yeah, it's very... And there's, like, Fortnite events that they all... It's like, it's like they're watching a sporting event, and they all watch it together in the living room, and there's a countdown, and it's, like, a big family event. That's awesome. <laughs> right? But it's, like, the family that I grew up in was um, very much similar to what you're saying. It's, like, absolutely... Well, I mean, there there wasn't major systems when we were kids, but there's maybe Sega came out or something. Mm-hmm. But we were... We never got those, and it did have that effect. I think that's a good one, too. So, well, and my guys played at their friends' houses, so it wasn't like they yeah. never played, but they just, when they were at home, they had to figure out other things to do, yes. and now they go over to their friends, and they're like, oh, so boring, all he wanted to do was play, you know, whatever game, 
and yeah. you know they kind of missed the window, which is great. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you have three kids, right? Yeah, yeah. I have two yeah. boys, eighteen and fifteen, and a daughter who's twelve, almost thirteen. Twelve. Okay, beautiful. So, how did you get on this path of peaceful parenting? Well, I love that your podcast is the Ambitious Mama because mm-hmm. I was a super ambitious mom, and well, before I had kids, I I worked in the film business and. Um, I thought I would go right back and, you know, take a year off and then go back to work. But as soon as I had my son, I was like, well, I can't leave him, you know, especially the the hours in film are really long. Yeah. And so the thought of just, you know, having him kind of raised by someone else, I thought, I, you know, can't go back to work. So um, I stayed at home for a lot of years, but I still, I think I was still pretty ambitious even when I was staying at home and I was putting my sort of type A personality and intellect and I just got really into parenting like I was really like I I just loved reading about parenting and sort of the journey that I was on and I kind of became the mom that everyone was like oh what should I do about this you know or you know give me a book to read or give me an article to read or whatever and um, then when my youngest was starting school I kind of went well I'm not going to go back to film Um, I decided not I also trained as a teacher but I decided I didn't want to go back to do that and so um, my husband said, why don't you start your own business? And that was about five and a half years ago, I guess. And um, I started uh, my business as a coach, and then I did training with Dr. Laura Markham, who's um, a really, really wonderful, peaceful parenting guru. And I've just been, um, you know, helping parents ever since. It's been growing really rapidly and got some great Facebook groups and um I just, I love it. I love working with parents and helping them on this journey. Oh, wow. And you do some speaking too, right? At different events? Yeah. Yeah. I speak um, at schools in the GTA and daycares Mm. and different different parent communities. So um, I have done a couple, actually, I've done a couple like Skype speaking events at different places in North America, but it works better to be in person, I find. Oh, absolutely. I just had this vision. (laughs) It just came the download just happened. So this whole podcast is still very new. I only started it two months ago. Um, But we already have like over 2000 plays and it's just growing like crazy. But I'm really envisioning like a a live event filled with a room of ambitious women uh, who will all be moms as well. And you spending time with them to empower them with peaceful parenting so that they feel more empowered in the rest of their life. And I think that's so, so powerful because like a few episodes back, I, I shared, I tried to be as, you know, um, you know, what's the word transparent as possible that like I, I had a really bad morning with my older son and, and I just felt like such a failure. It didn't matter anything else that I accomplished in my life because that's the number one thing that we value most, right? Is mm-hmm. our children. And if well, that, I hope, if I hope you gave yourself a big, uh, a big hug and a big dose of self-compassion. Well, I didn't yet at first, but <laughs> I was surrounded by the women who could tell me to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm, I have that blessing in my life with all the women that I work with. Um, but it was funny because I knew I needed to like, um, step up because I, there was a, there was a group of women who were waiting for me to mentor them that morning in business, right? Very much the ambitious piece of it, right? The, the drive, the, 
the, the masculine energy, if you will, right? Um, so I literally left, you know, my house and I was like, okay, I can't go in my comfy, cozy, you know, clothes that I normally would go to the work cafe in. I put on like a business suit, like a full-blown business uh-huh. suit <laughs> to go to the cafe, like this, this vegan cafe that we always work in. <laughs> and, and I go in like a power suit and like all the girls that work with me, just, they looked right through me and I just started to cry. <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm totally faking it, you guys. <laughs> oh. But then we had that conversation and I think it's, it's that compassion, just the same yeah. thing that we're offering our children. Um, 100%. Well, and you yeah. know what? We offer to our best friend, um, but then we turn around and beat ourselves up. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm really, that's part of my mission to change with the clients that I work with is, um, you know, why, if your best friend came to you and said, like, just like you did with these women in the cafe, you know, mm-hmm. I had such a hard morning and they, you know, they gave you a big hug and they said, it's going to be okay. And, you know, everybody has bad days and all those things that they said, if we mm-hmm. could have that become our inside voice, you know, like our inner voice that we talk to ourselves with, we would be so much like we would be. Like I hate to just tie it to success, but we would be so much more successful in everything that we mm-hmm. want to do with that encouragement to ourselves and not beating ourselves up. Yes, and some wise words that came from one of the women that were there. Um, she's also involved in um, in social work, and so she had some you know tools to pull from. Um, was really I think something that you already touched on, and one of the words that you said was you know, keeping it in context, I think oftentimes we blow the scenario to a much bigger place than what is really happening in that moment. I call Could that you... catastrophizing. There we go. Can you speak <laughs> yeah. to that a little bit? I think sure. that we often. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think, I mean, what I see is we do that a lot with our kids. Like, like, you know, right this moment, our child is like doing, well, you know, perfect example. I had somebody in my Facebook group who's, um, five-year-old like stole the brother's advent calendar chocolate and ate it all and then lied about it and she was like I'm envisioning visiting her in jail in 15 years and I was like okay take a deep breath like yes that is not you know the best behavior that we want to see but it doesn't mean that your child is like headed down the road toward juvenile hall you know um and you know I think that we can do that with ourselves too like when you know we have a bad morning and then we start to think oh and I've ruined our relationship and he's never going to talk to me when he's a teenager and you know I'm not going to see the grandchildren and like (laughs) we sort of go down this road based on like one bad moment totally I've done so I think we we need to just take a deep breath and because what, what's happening there is that we've gone into um, our fight, flight, or freeze, like emergency amygdala brain. Um, yes. We've gotten hijacked by those, you know, those feelings of like regret or remorse that whatever. So we just need to take a deep breath and go, okay, so that's my, you know, that's my worry brain. That's what we, we call it. That's my worry brain talking. Um, you know, I don't have to listen to it. Just like, you know, if the smoke alarm goes off when you burn the toast, you're not going to run out into the yard and call 911. You realize that you, you know, wave the newspaper around or whatever. So, yes. you know, kind of being able to take a step back and recognize that we're catastrophizing, that it's that worry brain and that um, it's not reality and that we, we just need to take a deep breath and recognize it's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so, so good. <laughs> I'm so happy that we're speaking about this. Okay, so right now we are going into a new year. 
it's right around the corner at this point. Um, and of course, we're all going to, all the ambitious women listening are going to be setting um, goals, intentions. Um, I'm leading um, a group of women on a retreat to create their own vision book, which, you know, pairs their values with what they want to create. Um, and because most everyone listening is a mom, there will be some family goals and intentions set. Now, what out of all of the amazing skills that you have and tools, is there a simple thing that is kind of universal that everyone could apply to feel more peaceful in their parenting and in their yeah. home? So I think that, um, well, first of all, you know, the self-regulation piece that we talked about, um, if people are having trouble with self-regulation, that's always a good place to start. Um, but that's, you know, just like trying to figure out how to, well, I actually have a free course called How to Stop Yelling at Your Kids. So, you know, that's a great place to start. Um, but I, I think more um, inspirationally, I think a great goal is to have this mindset shift um, that immediately is going to bring you into a more peaceful place with your family, which is that your children are doing the best they can. So mm. anytime. And, and also, you know, to yourself, you're doing the best you can too, right? But mm -hmm. if your child's being really difficult, if you can just remind yourself, um, and, and I'll just explain a little bit here that from an evolutionary standpoint, we're hardwired for connection and we're hardwired to be good and seek the love and connection of a caregiver because that's how we survive. So mm -hmm. if your child is acting out of alignment with that, it's because there's something going on with that child. Like, you know, sometimes we're way more understanding, oh, they're really hungry or tired or whatever, but sometimes they need connection. And, you know, connection is as vital a need as, um, or connection or attention, you could call it, as vital a need as, as sleep or food for a child. So sometimes when you look at your kid and they're just provoking you and giving you a hard time, um, if you can just recognize, like, ah, oh, he's doing the best he can, um, then that can automatically put you into a more compassionate and patient stance with them where you're, you know, you're recognizing, well, they're not, they're not giving me a hard time. They're having a hard time. So I think that mm -hmm. is a really, um, a really beautiful way to start out 2020 with that, you know, everyone's talking about vision and clarity and, and just to have that vision that you hold for your child or your children and yourself is that they're doing the best they can. Um, I think that's a really great place that would, would be really um, wonderful for your ambitious moms to, to step into. Oh, that just fills my heart so much. And I think we could probably use that advice even with, you know, adults in our life too, right? Absolutely. I use it with my husband all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wow, compassion is such a beautiful thing. And, it, and it's just like you said, it doesn't come without limits and protecting yourself as well. No. Um, one thing that I still, you know, I will learn this more from diving into um, your resources and everything that you have on your website. But one thing I don't really have the tools for yet is if I'm not taking, like, that's such a natural thing. Okay, so you did this, there's a consequence, but there's no consequences in peaceful parenting. So we don't take anything away. Is that right? Okay. So you might take something away if you're, you know, your three-year-old is bashing their metal truck against your hardwood floor and you say, hey, hey, stop that. It's going to hurt the floor. And they keep doing it. Of course, you're going to take the truck away, um, but you're not doing it to quote unquote, teach a lesson. 
You're not doing it to make them feel bad. You're not doing it as a consequence, and you're not doing it out of anger. Um, so, you know, it's always important to act quickly before you get angry so you're not asking three times and then losing your temper when they won't stop doing it. You're going to say, like, you know, ask them to stop, and they're not stopping. And then you, you get to say this, like, with empathy and um compassion oh my goodness you're having such a hard time listening i'm going to need to hold on to your truck right now so you're not doing it to make them feel bad you're doing it to support the limit so the limit is you can't bash your truck on the hardwood floor um and so there's no there's no consequence quote unquote needed because in peaceful parenting we sort of understand consequences and punishment are really the same thing um it's just a sort of a, a you know friendlier word for it but really whenever you are doing something to your child to make them feel bad, to get them to change their behavior. That's what a consequence is, right? Like, if you don't stop doing this thing, I'm going to, you know, take away the iPad for a week. And then, oh, you didn't stop? Okay, take away the iPad so you'll learn your lesson. Um, really that, I mean, we could talk for two hours about this, quite honestly. Yeah. Kinda, but, <laughs> but just like briefly, um, you know, we, we talk about limits and the limit is the lesson. So you bash your toy on the floor and I'm going to take that away that the child learns, I should not bash my toy on the floor or my mom's going to take it away. But you don't okay. do it with intention to make them feel bad and you don't do yeah. it with meanness. Like you don't have to be mean about it ever, right? Like you're just like, right. oh, looks like you looks like you are not managing to play with that toy properly right now, so I'm going to hold on to yes. it. We'll, we'll try again when you're, when you're feeling um, like you can listen a little bit better. Do you know what okay. I mean? Like it's not like – The intention. So, Right. It's all about your tone and your intent. Like, is your mm-hmm. tone still kind and compassionate? And have you acted before you lose your temper? Is your intent to just support the limit or are you trying to make your child feel bad? Um, right. We in our, in our culture, we often think that you need to, te- to teach somebody, you need to, well, only children really, because I don't think we do this to adults, but that you need to make somebody feel bad to teach them something. I totally disagree with that. Like, kids can learn without being made to feel bad. Um, In fact, they often learn better because if you then, you know, say in that example, you, um, you know, yelled at your kid, took their truck away, and then, you know, put the truck in timeout and you're not getting it for a week or maybe took away all the trucks or whatever, your child wouldn't, they would be redirecting all of their um, uh, feelings of, you know, maybe sadness about getting the truck taken away but it would be like anger at you like you're being mean you don't understand and they would completely like the the lesson of I shouldn't being my truck on the floor would be completely subsumed by uh, my mom is so mean yes actually get in the way of the learning right oh my god okay at our house my husband is the quote-unquote bad pop so (laughs) we have a lot to learn FYI (laughs) (laughs) so he's the bad cop um but the 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 dialogue is always around you know dad's so mean he's so mean you know because he's the one that will you know stop like take away the screen or take away the toy or you know take away that privilege or whatever and and then I'm the one like on the ground like all right let's talk about this Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we have a lot to learn. I think we need your services. <laughs> okay, happy to help. But, well, it's really, know. I mean, punishment is, um, it really does, you know, in the beginning of the call, we were talking about uh, connection and the relationship. Yes. And, you know, you have to think, like, every time you do something to your child and they perceive you as being mean on purpose, 
um, which is what, you know, punishment is. Like you're like trying to, you know, we don't think about it like this, but like how can I make my child feel bad so that they won't do this thing anymore? That mm-hmm. hurts the relationship. Like imagine if you had a boss. Yeah, if you yeah. had a boss that you made a mistake and your boss like docked your pay, made you stay late, and yelled at you in front of all your coworkers, how yeah. would you feel about that boss? Would you yes. want to show up and do your best work for that person? No, no not at all. No mm-hmm. You'd probably start looking for a new job. Like, if you want your kids to show up and be their best selves, you have to treat them with, like, kindness and respect and empathy and compassion, even when, especially when, they're being difficult or doing the wrong thing. And that's that right there, and that's a quotable from this podcast, and that's what we're going to lead with. That was so good. Okay, Sarah, I want... um, you know, I was, you know, laughing at myself, you know, at some of the, the things that exist in our house and, you know, we, we are doing our best. And we're, my husband's such like a, so, such a hands-on dad who just wants so bad to be like the best parent. And I think we, we do the best we can from what we've known, et cetera. So what are the, so everyone who's listening, what's the first thing they should do to start working with you, learning from you? What's the first step they should all take? Um, like join my Facebook group, which is, uh, it's called Peace, Peaceful Parenting with Sarah Rosensweet. Uh, sorry, I had to think about the name. It's very basic, but I had to think about it. Um, and it's a really great Facebook group with support, not just from me, but from other parents um, who are also on this journey. So that's a great place to start. I mentioned my How to Stop Yelling at Your Kids free course, which is, um, you can find it on my website, which is sarahrosensweet.com. Um, and, you know, we always, we start with with um, self-regulation because a lot of the, the tools that I teach in peaceful parenting are really hard to do if you have a hard time staying calm when things are difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a really good place to start. Okay, beautiful. I'm going to put everything in the show notes for everyone listening. Just you can click on the link and go join Sarah's group and I'll meet you in there too. And I think that that course, I think even if you feel like you don't yell at your kids so much or you do only when you're under stress, I think it will benefit everyone to take a look at that because um, as ambitious women, we are going to even with our best intentions, sometimes we're going to be spread a little bit too thin. And when we are spread too thin, that's when we're most likely to crack, right? And yeah. that be at our children. So I think we could all be empowered. You know, I think it's, I, I talk a lot about wellness and health and supplementation and nutrition. And it's like, I think the same rule applies and that I always say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can get ahead of the, the ball, so to speak. Um, well, the other thing is, yeah. is that you can also call it how to stop yelling at your husband or like, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe you're better with your kids, but you have a hard time staying calm at work. Like it's just, it's, yeah. it's about teaching, um, you know, it, it's not about stuffing down your feelings. I want to make that clear. It's not about like feeling upset and then just like stuffing it away because that's really unhealthy. But mm-hmm. like, how can I, how can I process those feelings? How can I figure out what I need? Um, how can I you know, make any changes that I need to make so that life is smoother, whether it's at home or work or the work-life balance or whatever. Um, and it's also just, you know, even if you're not yelling, but you find yourself like the exasperated sigh and the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what, whatever, like just if you, if it's a continuum, right? Yelling is at one end of it, but there's also mm-hmm. just like feeling really frustrated or like no one's listening to me or whatever. It's still going to be helpful. 
Mm, that's so that's so great. I'm just realizing there's one back when I was living in Toronto. Um, I'm gonna have to ask you this offline if you know her because I nannied for us um, for about a year in for a family up at Young and Egg, and um, I the mom seems to have known what you are saying. <laughs> maybe she <laughs> was a client, or maybe she's um, I don't know, but. Um, yeah, I, she would literally, whenever she, the wording that you're using, she knew that innately, and I don't know mm -hmm. if that was from her upbringing or if that was something she studied, but it, it, it was quite remarkable to see that in action. Well, that's nice. You had that early inspiration. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Sarah, so, so much for being here. You're so um, welcome. I, it was so fun. So great. And, and I, rem I, I keep the statement, this is not a parenting podcast, but I may need to bring you on again. <laughs> okay. All of us. <laughs> well, everyone... hopefully I, you know, gave everyone something to think about. And, um, and, oh, you know, so I think much. when things are easier with your kids, then it's easier, like everywhere in all areas of your life, right? Everywhere. And it, it just everything just really overlaps and blends into one another. It's, and that's also, that was the inspiration for the podcast because I was very much compartmentalizing myself as an ambitious woman and myself as a mom. And mm -hmm. there, there, there was kind of a, a breakdown that happened there where I was like, okay, this is not separate entities. <laughs> this is yeah, one person. Totally. totally. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks again, Sarah. Everyone, do yourself a favor. Go and check out the resources in the show notes and please share them with all of your mommy friends. And uh, let's all support each other to feel more empowered as moms and, um, you know, to, to know that we're doing the best we can and we can also feel better and do better at the same time. Thank hey. you, Sarah. I appreciate Thank you. you. So much. Okay. Bye. Bye. What an episode. Wow. I'm recording this wrap up a few days after having the conversation with Sarah. And um, like I said, actually in the intro, I've been able to apply this and to have this, these tips and strategies and just different ways of really thinking about everything in my toolkit. And it's allowed me to stay more grounded and to really, to bring that piece of advice that she shared of the intention, like what is our intention when we're approaching different situations in our relationships and not just with our children, right? With our partner, with people in our life that we love and um, really bringing and keeping that space of empathy and compassion. So beautiful. Sarah's work is really, really powerful. So make sure you check her out in the show notes. I'll put the link there. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I'm so excited to deliver you more episodes. And the biggest thing you can do to help encourage me on this journey is to leave a rating on iTunes and to spread the word. I really appreciate it. And let's, um, let's just keep doing the best that we can do, right? I'm, I just think it's, we just need to give ourselves a pat on the back more and more often because mama, 
you've got this, you're doing great and just keep listening to this podcast and I'll keep encouraging you and helping you to have the strategies and to have the inspiration and to know that you've got this. Talk soon. Bye.